George Bush doesn't care about black people. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The show started, Pat. Oh, great. I totally didn't see that one coming. <laughs> you had no idea we were just going to do this one, did you? Kind of a surprise for both of us, if you really think about it. I didn't know if we were going to get this one in, to be honest with you. I was actually a little nervous uh, because... I was thinking that you were going to say that you could only do it earlier in the day, and I was going to tell you that I had this work thing I could only do till later. So I'm glad we're, we're getting this, squeezing it in. Nothing like a good squeeze. Nothing like a good, nothing like a good squeeze indeed. Um, so, Pat, I just, there was some relevant baseball thing. Uh, we never talked about baseball. I just was going to ask you one question about, uh, this is just some random thing I was listening to on the radio. Yeah. They were saying that, that the technology might soon be there. This is uh, the uh, liberal agenda media. Um, they oh, is were... this about the automated strike zone? Yes, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think it will happen. Well, what, what say it you did... Lose, you, okay, yeah. so you lose so much integrity of the game. It's not going to happen, Jared. There's no way. You can't rely on a computer for every single pitch. Every umpire strike zone is different. Yeah. There's no way. That's just a, that's a part of baseball. You're not going to nail every call, including every pitch. They have replay, and they still mess up a bunch of calls. That's true. That's true. Now you're going to put like a little technical box in there, and it's going to track every pitch. That's garbage. It's not going to happen. I don't even know why anyone's talking about it. Okay, so you're not a fan. <laughs> that would be like in football. Like I'm not a coach. Spotting the ball. It's automatically spot. Like You know how many times that would get messed up, too? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I just like, for me, I was watching the other day, I was watching uh, the Celtics Lakers 30 for 30 documentary. And there was talking about this one time where literally there was this call where this the ref called it the wrong way and he gave it to the Lakers when it should have been the Celtics ball. And the Lakers scored and basically changed this whole championship. And so, you know, like they didn't have replay the back then. Calls are a part of every sport. It's a part of the sport, you know? Yeah. You take the human out of it. Why even have humans play? So you're a big Lakers fan. That's a little biased, though. No. I No, I'm not a Lakers fan. Thanks so, for <laughs> It's like being a Yankees fan. It is like, like being a Lakers or fan. Or a Patriots fan. Yeah. Or a Patriots fan, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a little bit, uh, it's, yeah, kind of a cop-out. Kind of a cop-out. It's 100% a cop-out. It's like you just root for whatever team wins. Yeah, like I agree. Historically. I agree. Um, so what's been going on, man? Any uh, what has been any what? Any big news? Any big life events? You know what? I was thinking I'd bring up booze news today because we don't do it every episode okay. anymore. Let's hear it. I got uh, booze news. All right, it's fall time, so you know what that means. 
pumpkin spice beer is coming back. Yeah. You take your shirt off, yeah. you know, you, you have a beer. If we, t- I, I know we may have talked about this in the past, but I just felt like bringing it up again. Let's hear it. Um, pumpkin spice is coming back. Uh, it's probably popular with the females, I guess. You know, the females get the, um, what's it called, pumpkin spice lattes. Yes, it's stereotypically, yes. It's to fall, I guess, because you have a pumpkin patch in the fall. I don't What What other time of year do you eat a pumpkin? I think the only time that they're ripe is when you eat, you know, pumpkins. So, yeah, it's fall. And that's you know, only fall in the ball. fall. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that is coming back. I don't have an official source, but that is brought to you by me. I was just <laughs> thinking about that right now because people are talking about the pumpkin spice latte. So, pumpkin spice beer. Yep. Uh, I thought I would mix in a little bitch what while we're at it. Is Ooh, that okay? that's very okay with me. I said bitch. Bitch what? Bitch, 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 you know, you got the Swedish fish Oreos, you got the pumpkin flavored beer. I just don't get it. But I also can't really think of a fall themed beer. Can you? Uh, Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. So you drink the German stuff. Super hot, hoppy. It's it's a little more hoppy than normal dark beers, I'd say. But it's not like an IPA type hoppy. I'm, th- I'm not thinking of the darks, Jared. Yeah, but I- Oktoberfest is kind of a darker beer, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? A little, it's darker than like a standard, yeah, yeah, I believe so. It you have was, to know it all over here. Well, That's what it's it was about. the reason I know this because it was the first beer I ever bought was an Oktoberfest, just because it was the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Like right when I turned twenty-one, it was just a six-pack of. So you waited all Sam... the way from August till October to buy a beer. No, they were already out in August. Uh, I just remember I first six-pack I bought Oktoberfest. I thought it was going to be good. Did not like it. Was not a fan. Not a big fan of it. You want to know my thoughts? I think beer is great the way it is. I don't think you need to mix in pumpkin to make everybody happy. All the cupcakes out there, go enjoy your pumpkin-flavored beer. I'm going to sit back. You know what I'm going to do, Jared? I'm going to drink a light beer. That's just what I'm okay with. I'm going to drink a light beer. And if you're offended by it, you're a freaking snowflake. Mm. What about you? If you had to pick a beer, what are you going to pick? If I had to pick any, like, what is, uh, I kind of like uh, like an amber. I like kind of like mid-tier beers, kind of like uh, not too dark, not too light, not very hoppy. Um, yeah, kind of like an amber I'm ale. I'm you haven't grown a mustache at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with a light beer. I'm all right with a light beer, you know, but, like, I would I would choose that over, like, an IPA. I'm not a hops guy. You know, I'm not a hops guy. People know that. I just that. feel like you need a mustache to ponder about things while you have your super extensive beer list. I had a mustache at one point in my life, and it was last Halloween when I went as the main guy from Narcos for Halloween. That's the only time in my life I've ever had a mustache, for like two days, basically. I do have to say I'm being a little hypocritical because I do love when Steve James talks about beers. So maybe since it's fall, we got to get Steve James on for oh. a spot to talk about the seasonal beers. Yes. What was uh, what was the name of the segment we came up with? Uh Brews news. Brews news. That's right. <laughs> yeah, brews news. All right. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll text Steve and we'll uh, we'll figure something out. Um, so speaking of, uh, I, f- I figure we bring this up. Um, I didn't actually something I didn't even tell you about because uh, 
I wasn't sure that it was going to go through until I actually did it. But um, I was at uh, WGN on Friday, and I met a guy there named Craig, and Craig works at WGN. I met him through a meeting at work, and then we got talking about podcasts and stuff like that. But he had me on his podcast at WGN, and it's called uh, You've Binge Challenged. And what people do is they ask him to be to like binge something so you know maybe they'll do like a tv show like game of thrones there's one where somebody binged him to try all these different uh, chicken joints in chicago but what i did because of the chub step connection you know trying to promote the show a little bit here i'm all about me baby i gave him five brennan fraser movies to watch the woman i love is living with a little monkey that looks like me and yeah so we had a very in-depth conversation we talked for 40 45 minutes about uh these five Brendan Fraser movies that I gave him. I gave him School Ties, Encino Man, Bedazzled, The Mummy Returns, and The Scout. And uh, when that episode comes gave, out... Uh, four movies I actually enjoyed. Yeah, those are good. Those are. What was one you didn't enjoy? School. You didn't see School Ties, did you? I did not. Yeah, okay. That is a good one. Um, I'm just confused. You had a great opportunity to sell the show, and you decided you would sell it with your Brendan Fraser movie reviews that you're done with. No, I, so what I brought up, I brought up in the show, I said, these are the ones I've done. And then I said, once I get through the Jeff Goldblum ones, you'll have to have me on again, and then we'll talk about that. But, you know, I talked about how now we're doing Jeff Goldblum. I, I get, you know, I did that. But I figured, Brendan Fraser, that way I've, I've seen every Brendan Fraser thing. So I figured I was, you know, I could be like, all right, these are the five you should watch. Did you ever find the lost episodes? Like no. Like small movies? My like old school. Films? It was the one, small yeah. Movies. It was a short, it was a TV short. My old school, I've still not found that. No, but it's like the, it's like the, my, um, you know, there was like a ton of explorers, you know, in like the 1400s that were looking for like the, uh, the fountain of youth. America. Well, the America, but also like the, the fountain of youth. And, uh, you know, they thought they found it at all these different places. Turns out they're all dead and they didn't find it. So my version of the, the fountain of youth is the, my old school. And uh, if I can ever find that Brendan Fraser TV short, uh, you know, I feel like I'll be, I feel like I'll live forever. Just some thoughts here, Pat. Just some thoughts. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I, Pat, I thought we'd throw on, I actually did, there's an interview that we, I, we haven't done any, my, you know, some of the past interviews that I've recorded that I feel like we should throw some on here. So. I wanted to throw on an uh, interview that I did, uh, you know, probably like two months ago now at this point, with uh, Roger Penske, and I did this at the Texas Motor oh, Speedway yeah. race. You know Roger Penske? He is, uh, yeah. I would, I would say probably the first billionaire we've ever had on the show. Estimated net worth one point nine five billion. Uh, so he is the moving on up. Moving on up, yeah, we're moving on up. So he owns the uh, the Penske Corporation. So you you see Penske on everything, uh, but for this, yes. for the purposes of the Texas Motor Speedway, he has the racing team. He has a racing team for Indy and NASCAR. So this is for the Indy car. So here's uh here's some of his other accolades. Here is one of the corporate directors at General Electric. He is a chairman of Super Bowl. Uh, that would be fifty. What's XL? Forty five. Extra large, Jared. Super Bowl extra large in Detroit, Michigan. And he was uh, previously on the board of the Home Depot and Delphi Automotive. Um, So, yeah, anyway, so he's just, you know, big guy. Anytime you see Penske racing, that's him. So Elio Castroneves that we had on the show uh, previously, 
uh, he is the, like Penske Racing is, you know, what they all race under. Uh, those guys in NASCAR, um, Joey Logano does, uh, is under uh, Penske Racing. I've met Joey Logano in the past as well. So anyway, Roger, we didn't have much time. It was actually, actually felt a little bad because we, he was leaving this meeting and it was super, super hot out. It was like, you know, Texas hot. And it was just beating down and we had no shade. And so like, I didn't want to keep him, you know, very long in, uh, in the sun while I'm asking these questions. I just want to get a quick, uh, quick interview for, for the Chubb. So uh, here he is, Roger Penske. Recording live from somewhere. To start with Roger, talk to me about the importance of racing here in Texas and and what it means to be out here? Well, the Texas market is so important to me personally from our companies that we have here and certainly from our sponsors. Uh, the state is strong and Eddie Gossage and certainly Speedway Motorsports have committed to this sport so much. And for us to have the opportunity to come here and race, you can see the equipment they made. They repaved the track, saw the benefit of that yesterday. So to me, uh, very important. We love racing here. We love winning here. And uh, to me, I want to take my hat off to everybody that has an opportunity to make this happen. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, what's your least favorite part of racing in Texas? Well, uh, when you race in Texas, uh, these packs are a little bit scary for me with the guys out there. One guy makes a mistake and you can end up with some real trouble. But uh, that's racing. Uh, the heat is fun. Uh, I guess as long as we're racing at 8 o'clock tonight, it'll be better. But you know, overall, just fun to come here and race. The track is outstanding. The people, the, the way we come in and go out of here and the things that they've taken, being a promoter myself over time, they've, they've hit it right in the middle of the bullseye. Awesome. Yeah, okay. that's, yeah that's all I got. Awesome. It's hot. Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Okay, Pat. Um, so we want to thank Roger for taking the time out of his uh, out of his schedule to come and talk to me. So I appreciated it. Uh, so Pat, should we do, should we say, we're going to do this episode. It's going to be a little shorter than normal. Uh, should we do some emails or what do you, should we save them maybe for a different episode where we can go into them a little further depth? Your call. I think, yeah, I let's, I don't have emails in front of me. yeah, no, I have them in front of me. So I, I think we'll wait until next episode. Every, we had, we definitely had a few emails and I want to wait till next time to, uh, so we can give people, you know, their fair due, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But I do want to talk about um, two big news, big news in sports here. Um, the first one being that Joe Webb uh, was signed. He was released. Oh my God. Did you hear about this? This is actually pretty sad. <laughs> I was cracking uh, up. You were actually tweeting about it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Joe Webb got cut by the Panthers. I was, like, freaking out. Um, and then... Remind everyone again why you, why this is, like, your favorite player. Why is Joe Webb my favorite? Okay, so Joe Webb... Uh, he was one of those guys that just like is so uh, just crazy fat. He, like I always loved Mike Vick, you know. Like I always liked guys that just like you never. When you watch normal quarterbacks, it's awesome how accurate they are at throwing the ball. But then when you just see some guy that's just able to just run with it, you know. I, I don't know for some reason the, the, I'm a big fan of running quarterbacks. Not as much a Cam Newton for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, was always a big Mike Vick. Uh, Joe Webb guy. So anyway, Joe Webb, super athletic guy. Then I started liking him more when I found out he like he got signed with the Panthers. And then he and in Minnesota he was also like the fourth string wide receiver in Minnesota, and you know like the backup quarterback. And then he in uh, in Carolina he was like you know he was also like some fourth you know fifth string maybe wide receiver and also the punt and kick return guy. Uh, you just never see that from a quarterback. Like he led Six Carolina, middle. yeah. I think he led Carolina last year in kick return yards. So, uh, you know, he's just it's just kind of interesting thing to see. 
So that was big news. And then so the they, they dropped him. I was freaking out. The next day, uh, Buffalo picks him up. So big news there. Huge news. Um, so this was the other uh, – this was actually other big news. So I was a big John Luke's third fan. People know that. Uh, JL3, my boy, he played for the Bulls for a little bit. Uh, a small, very small man uh, with a lot of heart, you know. Uh, Nate Robinson used to have this heart over height because he was a small man. So that's uh, that's what he did. But what do you mean he was a small man? How tall was he? Nate Robinson? Yeah. Uh, let me look it up. I mean, this is granted small for a basketball player. You have to keep in mind here. But um, thank you. Yes, that, that's what I'm. T- I'm tall and rel- you know, he was, he was five nine. I say he was like he's five nine. That's how tall I am. What are yeah, you Yeah, but Pat, to you're say? not you're not playing in the NBA. Okay, but still, you said he's a small person. <laughs> okay, I was saying it was. It's it was... 2017. I'm offended. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you know what? That's on me. I'm sorry. Get off my lawn. So here's another similar uh, in stature person. John Lucas III, JL3. He was out, you know, just recently out of the league, but uh, the Timberwolves signed him as the player development coach. So that's huge news. Tom Thibodeau making big moves in Minnesota. So JL3 back in the basketball world. Uh, praise be to all. Um <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Pat. I want to get to this uh, this uh, Jeff Goldblum movie review. I'm dying to hear it. Hi. 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 I'm Jeff Goldblum. You, you interest me strangely. You have uh, you've uh, uh, tapped into some kind of secret vein. Why would you do that to Goldblum? <laughs> What's Goldblum ever done to you? What's Goldblum ever done to you? Forget the fat lady. You're obsessed with the fat lady. Because she's sweet and like a peach and like a juicy and sweet. You're afraid to be too Goldblum. He thinks if he smells Goldblum, he's going to be Goldblum. By jamming them into his pocket. I'm going to get my Goldblum on. That is one big pile of shit. Goldblum is content. Uh, People always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me? Okay. In 2008... Movie came out I never heard of. Watched it very recently called Adam Resurrected. I'll just read you a little tagline here because it's it give you as about as good of an explanation as I can give you. In the aftermath of World War II, a former circus entertainer who was spared from the gas chamber becomes the ringleader at an insane asylum for Holocaust survivors. Uh, wow. Yeah, so kind of intense here. So. Uh, director is a little um, unorthodox. Yes, it, it, director is Paul Schrader here. So, Paul Schrader not known for directing a lot of things, but he was the writer of Taxi Driver, the Robert De Niro movie, and Raging Bull. Both those were like really critically acclaimed movies uh, back in the day. So he's a definitely good writer. Uh, as far as who's in this movie, uh, Jeff Goldblum is the star of this. With Jeff Goldblum, William Defoe is the other main guy in this. And so William Defoe actually plays a Nazi in this. So here's the storyline. Uh, Jeff Goldblum was a Jewish uh, yeah, circus entertainer with his family in Germany. Uh, the, uh, you know, the Holocaust goes on. There's what, what Jeff Goldblum ends up having to do to survive is to play a, a like human dog for William Defoe. That's like how he survives is like William Defoe says you can live, but you have to be my dog. And so basically 
it's that part's you know this is not like a lighthearted movie most of this takes place it does a lot of flashbacks back to like nazi germany but most of this takes place in the i think it's the u.s i'm not really sure exactly where it is um but it may be in europe somewhere but uh at this insane asylum basically for uh, people dealing with like ptsd uh following world war ii all like the jewish survivors so Jeff Goldblum is like a, for some reason he's able to like touch somebody's clothes and he can kind of like see what they, um, you kind of like feel what they're feeling. Like he knows what they're, he's a weird, they never really explain that part of it, but basically he's like really good at tuning in with people and that kind of thing. He is a very different role in this. This is not, uh, this, I'm going to go ahead and say this. This is the best acting role I've ever seen Jeff Goldblum in. Uh, Adam wow. resurrected. He is not playing himself, like not, very Goldblumy at all in this, like not very like exaggerated. Like he's very a uh, very unique character in this, like very uh, out there and um, kind of str- you know still strange and very you know he's like a circus entertainer formerly at the Sassane Asylum. So obviously he's a weird character, but but not like in his normal type of Jeff Goldblum way. Um, like he's not he's very smooth. Like all the ladies love Jeff Goldblum in this. Um, even though, you know, he's in the same side, like there's a nurse that's in love with him and stuff like this. So, uh, but overall, the movie is just kind of strange. Like it's, I, I don't, they were like going for stuff that was like really, um, I don't know, it was almost maybe a little too abstract for me, a little too crazy. Uh, I I don't know. It was, it was not hard to watch and it was kind of entertaining, but it was just kind of like, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was done in the best way possible. Like I feel like there was just, better ways to tie things together it just kind of like was weird i i don't know it, it i i liked it and didn't like it all at the same time it's like a movie that i would like watch just to see his performance in it because you actually you, you legitimately forget that it's jeff goldblum it's like one of those kind of performances but at the same time it's not that great of a movie like i wouldn't recommend somebody go and see this so i'm going to give this a middle tier jeff goldblum uh for that purpose the harry connick jr on the on the independence day movie review scale Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. So, would you say the movie's just kind of hard to follow, or it's just really dark? It's 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 not hard to follow because you know what's going on the whole time, and it like it ties the story all together. But it's just like the story, like the ending Story's is the ending. Up. The ending is really bad. Like it has a really weak ending compared to the rest of the story. Um, and it's just kind of like I I don't I don't know. It like was not obviously it was a dark and it was meant to be dark and there was like some they try to make light you know lighten up in certain parts it's kind of like a dark humor maybe type of thing um but like i I don't know like it just wasn't uh i don't know something about it just wasn't clicking for me it just wasn't as good as it should have been with how good jeff goldblum wasn't it i trust jared because he's on imdb that's true yeah that makes me a good reference um makes it more credible Somebody pointed out, uh, this is Brad, listener Brad, pointed out that uh, if you go to my IMDb, the only fact about me is my height on there. <laughs> so, uh, so, that's, <laughs> so that's something. Um, okay, how about some Tanzania news here, Pat? Yeah. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure, and scientists claim that new patients are now transmitting you know what Fugazi is? Fugazi, yeah. it's a uh, fake. Yeah, Fugazi, Fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a wazi, it's a fairy dust. What are you, from Tanzania?
Yes, I am. Okay, so we actually have, uh, I actually got sent, it's funny, I got uh, Nick Russo, uh, former co- guest host of the show, just sent me a Tanzania news uh, thing that I'll use for next week, but for this week, I already had something printed out here, so I'm going to go with this. Hey, Nick, way to bring something to the yeah, table, Yeah, thank you, guys. <clears throat> Obviously, if anybody ever has, like, Jeff Goldblum news, Brendan, Fr- any, any relevant news to the show, go ahead and email it to us, text me if you have my number, that kind of thing. Actually, email is probably better for the show just so that I remember when it comes up. But uh, No, text Jared. I'll tell you his number right yeah. now. <laughs> okay, it says, uh, whatever happened to the Airbnb superhost from Tanzania? This is from NPR. So this guy, uh, this guy's name was Goodwin <laughs> Nadosi. And Goodwin Nadosi uh, waited for four months. He put his house up on Airbnb, waited for four months to get a return. To finally get somebody to like rent it out, and so he was only doing it for fifteen dollars a night, and uh, that's, seems, um, that's pretty cheap. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. Uh, I would definitely be up for that. Is that fifteen dollars American? Yeah, this is fifteen dollars American a night. A money truck, baby. So yeah, so he didn't apparently need that much. Um, he was twenty-three when he started renting out the room. And basically, it became kind of an internet sensation because this guy. This is obviously before we were doing Tanzania news. Um, but you know, so it, it was kind of a big thing. Cause it's like this guy, I think one of the first guys to do it, maybe possibly the first guy doesn't really get into that in the story, but, uh, he hosted 200 guests in his first year. So, you know, that's a good amount of the nights that you're having somebody stay at your house. Um, and you know, that's obviously $15 is enough for him to make it worth it. Oh, and so he made like $3,000. Um, there's no way to really do the, uh, there's no way to really do the math on that, but, um, you know, it's it's somewhere in the range of uh, you know a thousand to uh, fifteen thousand dollars, and you're so smart. So, so uh, anyway, he, he what he did is he used this uh, money and then he invested it back into the house and then he made two more uh, two to three more little huts uh, that are in the back that have their own kitchen and room and stuff like that and he rents all those out now for fifteen dollars a night. And so now he's making more and more. And now his goal, he said in the next um, little bit here with his, yeah, he built three wooden dwellings. Um, so then his, his next goal here is to build a house and like another house and then have him just live in that. And then he can just rent everything else just out for uh, other people. So now he would, you know, he had additional rental property. So, you know, it's kind of a cool thing to just uh, what Airbnb is able to do. You know, it's like you don't think about the technology really being over there as much. Uh, but, you know, he made it work. Kind of entrepreneur type thing. I don't know if I'd be cool with letting strangers stay at my place 200 times a year. It seems like a lot, right? I feel like you could find at least one crazy out of the 200. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, that's what I always think about Airbnb. Like, if I, maybe if I had just a complete separate house that I wasn't living, you know, like there's some people that just rent like, out their house for Airbnb and then they'll just go stay. It's, you know, we're going to do it while we're on vacation or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. Those people who have like those one room studio guest houses in their backyards. You ever see those? Yes. I'm not even talking like brand new homes. I'm talking like old homes have that. Like one above the garage or something. No, not even. It's like instead of having a garage, you have this like garage-shaped thing in your backyard, but it's basically a room with a kitchen and a bathroom. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And so, I mean, I guess if nobody's using it, it makes sense to rent it out. But it's like, I would, I would you not stay be... in there. I mean, like, if you don't have anything valuable in there, but it's like, I'm locking my house up, man. I, I don't, I, I don't talk to strangers. I don't trust strangers. The last stranger I talked to spit on me. I don't do it anymore. That was the last time you talked to a stranger. That was like two months ago. Yeah. And I learned my lesson. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's a dangerous game. You're right. I you can't trust. Yeah, I just wouldn't. I, you're right. I just don't. To me, it feels less homey if I have to make my house like where other people can use it easier. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm I, I would I'm fan of renting out Airbnb. I'm just not a fan of uh, you know, you know having to actually deal with that, dealing with other people. I still feel like you stay in a crazy's house every once in a while. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um. Uh, le- uh, one more thing here, Pat. Last thing I wanted to talk about uh, with uh, sports-wise, just because this is all relevant stuff and it'll be irrelevant further later on. Um, I watched the Big Three basketball tournament. I was a big fan of that tournament. I think basically because there's not a lot of sports going on other than baseball right now. It was, it was a good time for them to do it, but it was three-on-three basketball of kind of like all retired NBA players. Um, just want to give a big shout-out to my boy Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf who was 48 playing in this tournament and was like lighting it up. Like they would play games to 50 and in the, in the, you know, championship game, he got like, I think 24 points in the game. Uh, but pretty crazy to be at that age and still moving like that. Uh, shout so, out, shout out, just shout out to him. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah, I just have a lot of respect when these, when guys are able to, obviously there's always things that reasons that people don't play later in their life. Like maybe they get injuries or, um, you know, but when somebody's just able to maybe maintain, they're just tired of doing it or they just get sick of doing it. That's true. That's true. But I just, um, I think it would be kind of, yeah, I, you know, I just, I, I always appreciate guys that are able to, uh, stick with guys that are half their age that are out there. And this guy's putting up numbers. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just have, have some appreciation for that. I hear so, you. So yeah, I want to give a shout out to him. Um, Pat, I was thinking we never talked about. Uh, we both had you had the chicken sriracha McD's sandwich uh, LTO. I had that as well, so I think maybe we should talk a little bit about that and then wrap up the show. Five out of ten. Five out of ten for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one thing you can't really like customize it. I don't know. It, like it, 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 this is going to sound stupid because you customize what you pick when you order it because you get the choice between chicken or a burger, or what kind of bun, or whatever. But I don't like lettuce and tomato on my stuff. I think we've talked about lettuce before. I don't think it brings anything to the table mm-hmm. whatsoever. The sauce, sauce. That's what I'm about. I'm all about the yeah. sauce. All about the sauce. That was yep. some good sauce. Yeah. It went really well with the chicken. Yeah. It all got soaked up by the stupid lettuce. Lettuce I just, is I didn't enjoy it. not known for being uh, soaking up flavors. But but I, what does it do, Jared? What does it, it do? It has no flavor. It has no flavor. It's just more of a crunch. Uh, I think kind of like a freshness aspect, I think, is what it does. Okay. So how does that not soak up the sauce? Because it's kind of like a watery. Lettuce is pretty watery. Because the and, sauce is not on the meat. It's on the lettuce. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. So you think that they rearrange where the sauce was? I don't think was? you do. I, I know what you're that saying. You're help. saying it's yes. like repelled some of the thing. Do you think, Pat, do you think you have a small mouth and you're not taking a big enough bite to encompass the whole sandwich? You know what? I actually went to a dentist recently, and he told me I have a really small mouth. <laughs> so you can't be out here saying I'm a big mouth or whatever, because the dentist will prove you wrong. I have a small mouth. 
Okay, so th- maybe I always this thought is... I had really big teeth. Just turns out they don't fit in my little small mouth. <laughs> this is news to me, man. You know, I never thought about it. I never really thought about it until now. I'm thinking maybe this is why the sandwich doesn't work for you. You got somebody's got to rearrange these uh, these sandwiches for people with smaller mouths. Do you do you think so? What what was it? The biggest the biggest issue was just that you thought that the way. What would you have liked it to be different for the chicken sriracha sandwich at McDonald's? Um, well, yeah, more sauce. They don't give you enough of it, and it's really good. Yeah. Um, price? Not worth the price. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, one of the premium items on the menu, yeah. And, yeah, I would say, you know, I don't know. I order from the kiosk now. I don't go up to the counter because I, it's, it's so weird, but I don't like people hearing me order. Yeah. And it's usually the person who jacks it up anyway. Yeah, you're so right. That I does sound weird. from the kiosk thing. Mm-hmm. So not having the choice to say no lettuce or tomato on that when you could do it on pretty much every other item was kind of bogus. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that all adds up, Pat. That all adds up. Um, yeah, so we're, I, I'm agree. It's, it's not nothing anybody needs to rush and get. And I'm not going to be super pissed when they get rid of it on the menu. It would be nice if they had, like, the little packets of that sauce for future use. Agreed, 100%. I would put that on a lot of things. Awesome. All right, Pat, anything else you want to get to? Not this week. Yep, that's right. We'll pass on it next week. Uh, it's a little shorter show for you guys, but uh, don't forget to email us show, chubstep.podcast at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Enjoy the show with your friends, hugging your friends, embracing your friends. Uh, and let's uh, follow everybody on social media. Um, just any person you see on social media, follow them and also follow bad piece 33. <laughs> um, and then Pat Callahan, 44, me, J Red Z three. And, uh, the show's ended. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? Now, you know, you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin. Pat, it's me, Jared. Yeah, no shit. What's up? I'm calling you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That makes sense.